Hey everyone, we are back for season six of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Marina Buxov, a functional medicine pharmacist and holistic herbal educator. I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my guests who have shifted into holistic modalities, both personally and professionally. My co-host, Dr. Jenna Carmichael, will be joining me to lead the Journal Club episodes to share an evidence-based approach to holistic and herbal medicine. I'm so glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show. Hello, dear listeners. I can't believe that November is here and 2024 is right around the corner. Before you know it, we will be at the holiday season and leaving 2023 in the rearview mirror. If you'd like to savor some magic as we wrap up the season, I've got some surprises and Black Friday specials that I'll be announcing soon, so make sure to follow me on social media and sign up for my newsletter to be the first to know. And in the spirit of giving, my next guest is super generous in inspiring us to think outside the box and explore non-traditional pharmacy routes. Dr. Jennifer Van de Water is a pharmacist for The Wellness Company. She is a holistic pharmacist who assists her patients to be free from pharmaceutical drugs with our Freedom from Pharma program. Dr. Jen is licensed in Maine, New York, and Vermont, and she graduated from Albany College of Pharmacy in 2006. She is the people's pharmacist. As one of the founders of the Integrative Therapeutics Board of the Wellness Company, she is a global leader in reinitializing continuum of care processes between pharmacists, patients, and their doctors. This means developing an understanding that pharmaceuticals are only part of the solution that patients should consider for their wellness. Nutraceuticals, diet, mental health, and lifestyle changes need to be incorporated into health plans. Today, Dr. Jen Vanderwater is not only looking out for the overall wellness of the people, she's also finding ways to support brave, independent, Main Street pharmacies who stand up against the corporate agenda. Dr. Vanderwater embodies the wellness company values and leads the way in how we think about wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me today, Dr. Jen Vanderwater, and she calls herself the people's pharmacist. So I'm really excited to dive into how she built her wellness company and what the people's pharmacist is all about. So welcome, Dr. Jen. Thank you, Marina. Happy to be here. Pleasure to share my story. Awesome. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, tell us how you started on this path of pharmacy and then how did you then brand yourself as the people's pharmacist and what does that phrase mean to you? Yeah, sure. Well, I started in pharmacy in 1998, a very long time ago now, as a pharmacy technician out of high school and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life and what I wanted to do in college. And being a pharmacy technician, I loved interacting in the community with uh, people coming in, sharing stories. It was a very um, forward-facing position. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go be a pharmacist, you know, and decided to, you know, take that journey and go through pharmacy college. But I realized by the time I graduated, which was now 2006, the industry had changed in just a short window um, it might have been a slow process, but when I graduated and started working the bench, I realized it was pushing prescriptions. It was no longer about um, connecting with the patients, connecting with providers, and trying to find the best options for the patients. 
it really became just fill any script. As long as there's no problem, just fill scripts. And then the push came for pharmacists to become immunizers. And I thought, how are we supposed to maintain you know, 100% accuracy in our role and being pulled in multiple directions. And also my role, I, I wanted to be involved with patient care. How can I even be involved when I had to literally stand in one spot and check prescriptions that came through all day? Um, so I, I just saw the industry change so much that I decided to leave the retail chains. I had been to everyone you could imagine trying to find my fit. Never lasted very long because in the interview, they tell you, hey, we, yeah, you care about people. That's what we do too. But then when you start working, it's not, it is not that way at all. So I decided after, I think I took about almost a year off trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a friend encourage me to look at independent pharmacies, the mom and pops of our communities. So I did, and I really fell back in love with the profession. But what I saw happening was the overreaching arm of big pharma with the insurance you know, uh, reimbursements with these independent pharmacies. They were struggling to make ends meet. They were struggling to stay afloat. Um, they were a pillar in their community. People loved them. But when I was submitting claims, we were losing more than we were ever gaining. And a lot of independents I know have left uh, being, you know, partnered with insurance companies for that reason. And sadly, the, the people, you know, they choose to go where they're paying the least amount of money, the least for their prescription. And these independent pharmacies are definitely struggling. Um, so that's kind of how I just went through my pharmacy career. And at the end, probably about the end of 2019, I was working for a independent pharmacy retail and long-term care. What I noticed in long-term care was shocking. Now, you know, you know, when you see list of medications, it's just letters on a page. You're not really visualizing the clump of pharmaceuticals in your hand that people are taking at one time and working long-term care. I actually, I wish you witnessed that. And it wasn't just for assisted living facilities with our geriatric population. It was also for the youth. And what I was seeing prescribed for our very young, most vulnerable population was these high-dosed antipsychotics antidepressants, anti-anxiety, sleep. I mean, it was just a, a boatload. And I said, how, how are these 14-year-olds even functioning? And then you look at the geriatric population, they were being prescribed almost very similar doses. And I'm like, how is this even possible? And so that kind of started me questioning what's really going on here. I don't think we should be um, pushing uh, pharmaceuticals as first line. I think we should really look at the, the body as a whole. Is this manifesting somewhere else and presenting this way? And so I started asking questions, but a lot of my colleagues didn't have answers. And not only do they not have answers, they were pretty much telling me, don't buck the system. You know, this is how it's meant to be. This, these are our protocols. And so the end of 2019, I decided to maneuver myself out of, you know, working in the retail setting and long-term care, I thought, how do I, how do I step in and break this process of over-prescribing? Because going to the provider, once a patient's on a med, it's really hard for them to say, oh, let's take them off. But I thought, can I be a voice and an advocate for the patient to stop it before it happens and start a natural option first, and maybe, you know, talk to the patient and really understand what's happening. 
I had a doctor's office say, yeah, we'd love to have you come and do that. So I was all excited. Um, I resigned from my job in January of 2020, stayed through until February. Um, but then March of 2020, everything happened with COVID and that job was terminated. So I never even had the opportunity to work alongside the doctors to help the patients. And my heart was really heavy because I really felt this was where I was supposed to be. But then, um, thankfully, through a lot of things that took place in 2020, 2021, I ended up meeting a lot of uh, doctors who were waking up to the idea of natural over allopathic as well. And so I met Dr. Heather Gessling, and she had always remembered me in conversation. We became good friends, reached out to me. It was May of last year, and I was at a farmer's market, and she was like, hey, I, I know you know, you're looking to find where you fit in and to really help people. And she says, I've got a great opportunity with the wellness company. We're just starting it. We just met and I'd love to bring you on board. And I said, really? She says, well, you're a warrior in this fight. You care about people. I want to have you as part of the team. And so I did. I joined the wellness company and I'm their chief of pharmacy. Uh, we work to help people. We have a program called Freedom which is actually exactly what it says. We want people who are questioning that they may be overprescribed or people who are saying, I don't want to start a pharmaceutical, they can come to us and other pharmacists are wellness coaches, wellness pharmacists who look at the patient as a whole, look at their med list, look at their, you know, uh, conditions and then help the body balance back out. And then if possible, with the help of a provider, deprescribe off of unnecessary medications. So I always chuckle Marina at how, I started this journey like back in 2019, wanting to work alongside the doctors to do just this. But I really strongly believe I was called divinely by God to work nationally alongside amazing doctors at the wellness company to bring this beyond just my local community, to bring it to people all over the nation. Wow, what an inspiring story, uh, Dr. Jen. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And I can relate to so many of the points that you brought up and just witnessing and dispensing, right? Being on the other end of, of holding those prescriptions and, and giving out this medication. And I even shared in another interview that even the word medicine and medication now is a little bit triggering for me because I now see that there are these negative drawbacks and side effects and issues. And there's nobody better than a pharmacist to see um, because we literally are the dispensers to visualize, like you said, how many medications a person is on, whether we're doing the, you know, packing, you know, um, or unpacking of the pills and the brown bags, or we do the daily doses, or we just do the monthly refills. I mean, there's no getting around it where the people at like that last line between when a person enters the medical system to when now they are prescribed this quote unquote medicine, but when we see that shadow side of it, we worry about, you know, everything that can go wrong and how is the body processing all of this? And are there interactions? Because so many of the theoretical interactions, we actually don't know what happens when a person is on more than just two drugs, right? There's so many more variables introduced. And then each person has a bio individuality that we can't really predict um, what will happen in this person and it fluctuates too. So within a person, so 
it's so interesting that we have these uh, standard doses and these studies and this evidence-based medicine, um, and there is a lot of good that it brought. However, uh, what I've been realizing is that we can't use it first line, like you said. Like this is a great safety net, right? This is great for acute care. It's great for um, when somebody needs um, that extra help, but it should never be first line. And we learned that in allopathic school, right? We learned in pharmacy school, there's non-pharmacological, which is first line. However, like in the real world, it's almost like this is very commonly first line, right? And there's not enough emphasis on the lifestyle, on the diet, on the stress uh, regulation, um, you know, having fun, <laughs> having a purpose, right? Um, so I would like to actually ask you for, about your purpose, because you mentioned, you know, you you went into pharmacy to help people, you have a big heart. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what drove your decision to enter pharmacy school specifically? And how did you now through your journey, um, fall back in love with the profession, like you said? Yeah, well, definitely. It was the community um, as a pharmacist, starting out as a pharmacy technician, you know, an 18 year old out of high school. I just really enjoyed that people felt comfortable coming to us, asking questions. And back in the late 90s, the, the pharmacist pretty much said, you talk to the people. They, the pharmacist liked being behind the computer. And I always was kind of surprised. I'm like, why would you want to be in a public position where people are gonna to come to you right in your corner store pharmacy and ask questions if you are, aren't wanting to be engaged with the people. So that was my draw. I was like, well, I gotta make it there. I gotta be that pharmacist because I'm not gonna stay behind my computer screen. I'm gonna come out and know the people, know my community and be there for them whenever they needed me. And I saw that at the independence too. I mean, these independent pharmacies had their numbers taped to the door. If you need me, call. And the pharmacist came. You know, it was like uh, really your your hometown feeling, and and that's what was the draw for me was community. You know, your network. Uh, everybody felt like a family, and you were valued in your community as a source of knowledge and information, and that you were going to lead people into the right things for their health, right options, the right choices for their overall well being. Um, going to pharmacy college, you know, you really it's just you're just there to learn. You know, you're not learning compassion. You're not learning empathy. Um, you're not really, you're taught very little, I mean, no nutrition at all, but very little on the non-pharmacological. You know, we had one class, I believe, when I was there. And it was really just, you know, going through anatomy, physiology, microbiology, all these things you need to know. And I kept saying, just jump through the hoops, get through these hoops, because then you'll really be connected and engaged with your patients, and then you'll be able to help them. And so, like I said, by the time I graduated and saw that there was no longer connecting, it was really um, pushing for us to be the dispensers, like you say. And the more we dispensed, the cheered you on. But if you took 10 minutes to go sit with your patient in the waiting area and have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation because they were struggling with something and their provider didn't listen. And our role was like you say, we're last line. I don't want that patient thinking their only option was that prescription. You know, I wanted to talk them through and, and I helped a lot of people really decide if they wanted to fill a prescription or if they wanted to wait or try something natural. And, and that was empowering for me because I know I was helping empower them to make decisions and own their own health. 
Um, and I guess one thing to say that helps, you know, as being the people's pharmacist, I always say, because I answer to the people, I don't answer to big pharma. I want to build credibility with my patients and all people. I want them to know my heart's in the right place. And that's what makes me fall in love with the profession again, is because I don't have to answer to big pharma. I don't have to be doing their bidding. I can actually be who I was created to be, which is to help people. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just had a lecture yesterday on the history of medicine and what fascinates me because I, like you, took some additional training and steps after my pharmacy career in order to fall back in love with the profession. Um, and what I realized through my journey is that we have these shared roots with natural medicine, like all along the pharmacist and the doctor's we're experimenting, right? The, the scientific method is really just a way to reiterate and change our thinking and change perspective as new information becomes available, right? So it's not about one side is right, one side is wrong. It's about really that openness to learn what does serve the people best, right? And there is an inherent risk. Sometimes it doesn't work out and you know there is a risk to the experimentation, but we still have to engage and learn and try to help people, right? When when we know better, we do better. So as a pharmacist, looking back at our history, I realized that we are we have always been that um, person in the community, like you said, whether we have a shop that people can go to or whether we're just on the street. Um, whether we're a midwife, an herbalist, a wise woman, um, whether we're an alchemist, whether we're a pharmacist that's starting to dabble more in powders and pharmaceuticals, like we're that person, right? So we wore many hats and we had many iterations and we're available. We're actually more accessible in a lot of communities, right? Um, a pharmacy is always going to be around your area and a doctor may not be around or may not be affordable. And through the history, that's what we saw. So we would always be dealing with those self-care issues and, you know, little minute self-care issues. We are that expert and it doesn't have to be a pharmaceutical because there was a big industrial push for that. And again, there's some really good pros, but also some cons that came with that. Um, and we get to be this place that a person can come and ask us questions. And then we would either uh, collaborate with the doctor, right? Um, the doctor would give the diagnosis and we would help uh, create the medicine custom for the person. And what it looked like in the past was an herb, most likely, um, you know, and, and eventually, again, we had more and more advanced methods. And through industrialization, now we have been trained in pharmacy school, even the name pharmacy, right, um, came from the pharmaceutical and industrialized and standardized approach. But um, we also are so much more and can be so much more than that in our community. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I really feel that it's shifting. I feel we're moving in that direction. And like we spoke briefly before we began the show, you know, other pharmacists out there may be where we were before, right? As they are uh, becoming aware that there could be other options or they're feeling the pressure to push profits over care. And no pharmacist, no doctor, no nurse joins this profession to look to 
profit. We all do this as self-sacrifice and we want to help people. And so they're probably feeling this and going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. I mean, I know pharmacists who are doing functional med training, which is amazing. You know, I know I know pharmacists who are a pharmacist and a naturopath. I mean, these are just beautiful, you know, marriages of having that, that pharmaceutical knowledge and putting it together with something more natural and a different approach you can put them together and then you have a great resource. And I, I think it's going to become where we are not just dispensers. We actually have uh, consultations like we do with the wellness company with Freedom From Pharma. These wellness pharmacists take the patient on a journey. It's a health journey, you know, and not forcing any kind of treatment, giving suggestions and options, helping the patient choose what they want to do and letting them own and control their own health instead of being dictated to by a big pharma, big medicine agenda where they might not get well. You know, nutrition, I mean, we didn't get any of that in college, but looking back, our nutrition's been kind of skewed and people are now like coming to realize I can eat this. This is actually better for me and helping people understand that. And I think it's so, so important that we, you know, hold that line and we are we show the people that that's who we're here for. We're here to help them discover this on their journey and finding what's best for their health. And like you said, everyone's different. Some of it's trial and error. You know, you try something, it's not going to work. But when you try something natural first, there's not going to be room for error. That's the thing. It just may not work. That's the thing. When you try a pharmaceutical first, there could be error. And that's what concerns me. And I, I think that that's been missed. In all these years, we've kind of been pushed to, um, to to just make that first line. Even providers, you know, the providers have been kind of encouraged to just write a script when a patient shows up, not thinking that there could be another other option and there could be another reason why they're presenting with something. You know, it's interesting to realize conditions in our body come from what we think. And that's very, very interesting. You start processing how to change your thoughts, how to have positive outlook, you can start to heal. You have the power within yourself to, you don't need a, a supplement or a pharmaceutical. You just need your own empowerment. Yeah, I love that. And we have to really start looking at that foundation of health, which includes mind, body, spirits. That has always been the definition for, um, I don't know, at least the last century. Um, and we need to consider how do we build this strong, resilient terrain and foundation so that even if there is an opportunistic pathogen or stressor or whatever disease, um, it's two, it's a two way street. It's gotta be, we focus on what the disturbance is, but we also focus on our own internal re resistance, uh, and milieu as, as it's called, um, and how do we build this resilience and how do we build this vitality? And the foundation has always been lifestyle mindset, good food from the earth, right? Nature's bounty, literally, and not the, just the brand of supplements. So, so it's really just using that foundation. And then again, in acute care situations, of course, I'm so grateful and thankful that we have those safety nets and we've come such a long way um, in the evolution of medicine, but really for it to be medicinal, like you said, we need to consider that risk to benefit in every single case. And so the benefit of using 
the non-pharmacological and the foundational is always, always so, so important and key. And there's not enough emphasis on it currently in the allopathic system. Yeah, there's not. And it it's sad to see that it kind of shifted so much from, like you said, you know, decades ago, it was an important piece of, you know, medicine and just helping people. And we've, we've kind of lost it. But again, I think it's part of the cycle. I, it's coming back. You know, I really see it's coming back. And talking to the, the doctors I work with at the wellness company, you know, we're all allopathically trained. You know, we come from that institute and we are all now on a journey ourselves into unlearning and relearning how to really help people accurately where we see results. And also, you know, talking to these providers, it's so encouraging because they're realizing we don't treat numbers anymore. We treat the patient. And for too long, we've been told if this number's here, this is wrong. But sometimes that number, the patient wouldn't be showing what we were told, right? The numbers always don't match. And I, I just feel like we're we're opening up to really what we're supposed to do and truly help people. And we're coming back on an upswing on health. You know, we I've seen pictures, I'm sure you have, of people in like the 60s and 70s versus people of today. And we've really gone downhill on how we take care of ourselves, um, you know, how we uh, present ourselves out in society. And we really need to come back to not so much working out and being fit, but just being healthy. There's a difference. And I think we've lost sight of that where we thought if you're uh, of a certain weight, of a certain stature, well, you're just a physically fit person. And it's not that way. It's just your body's healthy. You don't have to go out there and run marathons to be fit. It does come down to diet. It does come down to trying other options before pharmaceuticals, because those can lead into, you know, you start one medication and it causes a side effect, which you need another medication for, which causes a side effect. And in 10 years, you're on six meds. I mean, that's what's scary for people. And then they think that they're okay because they're treating these conditions that maybe spawned from one pharmaceutical that they started. And so hopefully encouraging people to think before starting, process it. Again, risk versus benefit, informed consent is very important, even on over-the-counter medication. It's so key that patients are aware of what the risk and the benefit is for Tylenol, for ibuprofen. And that's kind of been removed because once patients see these products available, they just think, I need it, I can take it, I'm gonna be okay, it's not a pharmaceutical. But they, they can be very dangerous. So it's really important for us to give that information to the people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a little bit backwards right now because like we were talking about earlier, we're that last line, but it's uh, we're already kind of dispensing and selling this product. But now is the time when we educate them about the risks and it just seems like a little too late and it just puts everybody in a bit of a bind like, okay, I've done like all the work to, to dispense it, run it through your insurance, uh, you know, counsel you on it. And now there's, here's a, your chance to, uh, to say no. Right. And we should really be doing that at every step of the process, right? The informed consent has to happen at every single step. And it's not just like, all right, you know, uh, here's your chance. And, and we need to just like you said, inform them up front, have that risk to benefit discussion up front and at many different checkpoints where, yes, we ask you at every single checkpoint and not just, okay, let's take you through this whole system. And now we're back to the drawing board because now you just now found out about these risks. Right. That's what I thought would have been great working in a local provider's office to be that voice, right? To say, hey, let's 
you know, this could lead to this problem because we've seen it when you practice, you know, and you're at, at a pharmacy, you're watching people's prescriptions like tally up, right? And then you're realizing, well, that probably came from that. And if we could get there before it started, before they started taking all those, I believe we could have a huge impact on the health of, of, of our population. And like you say, that informed consent starts at the doctor's office when the patient's coming in and presenting with a condition looking for help. Maybe they've tried things on their own and they're not getting results. So they go to their provider. Well, the role of the provider isn't just to say, you need this script or checkbox. I call it like the checkbox. And you go to the doctor, they just check you off and say, here's your script. Maybe it should be really listening, paying attention, um, you know, really examining someone, not just what you know to do, the eyes, the ears, and nose, the throat. You know, maybe it's actually reading into what is their facial expression? How's their body language? You know, do they look hesitant? Do they look like they want to talk? That's the mind, body, spirit of it that's really lacking, you know, is really feeling and connecting where having empathy, I think, will draw you into knowing something's wrong with another individual. And that's where I think it needs to happen. And then by the time something comes to the pharmacy, the patient's already been informed of things in a detailed matter. And then by the time they come to the pharmacy, you can ask again and just do your due diligence as being that last line and making sure that they don't get you, like you say, all the way through the process at the pickup window and you do a council and then they're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't hear this before. And you know, sadly, most people would take that prescription because it's it's kind of shocking to them at the pharmacy window to come pick up and then hear this in that moment. And especially with how busy the pharmacy is, it's not like you have a quiet corner, you can go sit. And then they're like, I'll just take the medication because their hands are kind of up. Like, I don't, I'm just, I'm giving up. And I don't want people to feel that they have to give up. There, there's hope. There's options. They got great pharmacists who are, you know, broadening their their scope to actually bring alternative care that can really help them in a, in a good way. Yeah, and that certainly can be a traumatic experience and response, right? And a lot of this work is also nervous system regulation and being trauma informed and marrying, like you said, like the science, logic, technology, advancement with that human element, the compassion, the, you know, bedside manner, the reading, the body language, and just really being present for the person. And this was like sort of all bundled into that holistic practice from back in the day. And part of the herbal assessment was also making sure to read the body. And we have different ways of doing that. So I, I absolutely agree. We have to find the best of both worlds and we should stop fighting of like, which one is better. They both have their pros and cons and we need to marry those things and then take the best of them. So I would love to hear your take on how pharmacists could start opening this conversation and getting into these new positions um, because there's a lot of different legislature, right? And boards of pharmacies and nationally, we have sort of different um, uh, rules and regulations around the practice of pharmacy and the scope of practice. So um, how would you uh, maybe um, recommend a pharmacist that's interested in branching out to go about it and to um, feel out what additional training or what companies like your own they might be eligible for? Yeah, I'm excited to see the wellness company grow where we could have a really huge team of pharmacists doing the wellness coaching. I think that'd be phenomenal because really we we do that in pharmacy. People come in off the street, they come and ask us. We're so accessible that I think having that available outside of the pharmacy setting 
in like a wellness coaching setting, um, people would be would gravitate towards that. And then we'd have the opportunity to need more pharmacists to take on that patient load. So that would be really exciting to see. Um, I think for, for pharmacists that are becoming aware, first of all, you have a lot you can do in the pharmacy. I mean, you really do. I mean, it's not, I know it's, it's sometimes you feel like you're in the belly of the beast, you know, you're not, you're not happy with what you're doing. You're not happy with what you're seeing. You truly want to help people. But if you're there, there's a reason. Um, and we need everybody in every situation they're in, whether you're practicing pharmacy or you're doing like what we're doing outside of the pharmacy, you know, the bench work. I think people need to understand that you have the ability to speak to your patients that come in. Um, do your own MTMs right? But not in the way for the insurance company, you know, do your own medication therapy management, talk to your patients and say, Hey, I see you're on 80 milligrams of atorvastatin. You're 82 years old. I don't think you need that high a dose anymore. Why don't we talk about maybe making a recommendation to your provider or you're on a uh, Prilosec and you maybe are, you know, suffering nutritional deficiencies because you're taking this so much. And that's why you're not, you know, you're eating, but you're not getting anything. I mean, there are really good ways we can, you know, be useful in every setting we're in to help people instead of becoming so overwhelmed thinking I work for a big chain and how am I going to do anything? How am I going to have an impact? You'd be amazed at what you can do from where you're at and whose lives you can touch and make a difference in and help someone, you know, on their wellness journey. And one thing I want to say and touch on with the wellness company, like you say, not forgetting one or the other, the natural approach the pharmaceutical, that's what we value. We're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You know, we at the wellness company, we want to be able to, like you say, acute care. We want to be able to offer pharmaceuticals, not get rid of pharmaceuticals. Yes, we're anti-big pharma, but the big pharma agenda is profit. We do not want to just sacrifice the care to make a profit. We want to give people informed consent. We want to give patients coming in the options of health. And it is, we at the wellness company are marrying those two things. We're bringing in a natural approach, but we're not losing the pharmaceutical if needed, um, when needed. So I think that that's really important. So hopefully in the future, we'll have many more opportunities for pharmacists within the wellness company to take on that role. We have three right now that are seeing, well, two are seeing patients. One has not yet. Um, he's actually a pharmacist and a naturopath, and he's taking his boards this month. So he's uh, busy getting that all situated. But it's amazing to see. And the, the patient's response is uh, just overwhelming. I, we've had people come off of many pharmaceuticals, blood pressure lowered naturally so they could come off of their blood pressure medications or reduce their dose. We've had people actually understand uh, mental health, really what's really happening and you know, not getting outdoors, not getting some sunshine, not breathing fresh air. Again, your thoughts control a lot of things, you know, tra training your mind to go in a better direction. Um, we've had a patient come off of six um, pharmaceuticals that were for sleep, depression, anxiety. I mean, just amazing. And her overall well-being now has improved so much. She's actually taking on projects in her house and able to do a long to-do list that she never felt motivated to do because the pharmaceuticals were kind of inhibiting her and not really helping her experience life and feel. So very exciting to see that this can be done. It is being done. And I'm hoping that it will grow so where we can bring on more people and have a bigger team and help help more out there. Yeah, I love that. Another big question that's now coming up is for those pharmacists or other healthcare practitioners or providers 
that are wanting to branch out and embrace the more holistic approaches, how do they not step on other people's toes, right? Like if we're a pharmacist and we don't even have the provider status that we can freely just uh, counsel patients without anybody else, right? Where we have to be attached to some sort of collaborative agreement. Um, and then do we need additional training as a coach? Do we need additional training in naturopathy and herbalism, let's say, for an example? Um, or how do we like start helping people but not start infringing like on a doctor's you know, scope of practice, on a health coach's scope of practice? Where do you see this going in the future? Yeah, I think it's really important for us to come together. I think prior to 2020, we all were in our own corners. And we really didn't, I mean, we did a little bit, but we never really integrated and worked together as a team for the benefit of the patient. And what I can share from what we do at the wellness company is we meet with the providers. So as us pharmacists, when we have a patient, we, through email exchange, you know, in our, you know, electronic health records, we share notes, we collaborate. If there's a question that we're like, oh, this patient, I don't know if I should recommend this, we ask we ask, we have casework groups because it's not one person has all the answers, not one person. And we work as a team to come up with the best option for that patient and giving them those recommendations. And we love that we can give them more than one option. You know, instead of saying, this is your only route, guess you got to do this. We like to say, here, you try this. Uh, you know, this is a lifestyle modification. Here's something with diet, you know, um, you know, turning off your TV at night in bed will improve your sleep, you know, just little things. We take that all into consideration and bring that forward for the patient. And then we collaborate as a team. So I think going forward, I think the way the future is gonna look is this collaboration is gonna happen more and more. I don't think we should be looking at professions um, the way we were looking at it prior to 2020. I think we need to say, everybody can bring something, everybody shares in the same mission. It's now just putting away the ego and kind of coming in and saying, let's do what's best for the patient. Yeah, I love that perspective. And since you did mention that 2020 obviously was such a pivotal year for everybody, but also for you professionally, and then you had this uh, really amazing opportunity at the heels of that. So um, how did that shift you personally, you professionally, and how you see practice changed, right? Like, what was it about that pivot? And I think you also mentioned that you lost an opportunity there too. So what did you kind of do in the, in between the opportunities and how did you like persevere at the end? Yeah, it was kind of shocking for me because as, you know, pharmacist and everything that was happening, I thought, well, I'll just give it some time and viruses go away in the heat in the summer. And then things just kept being, you know, pushed further and further and further out. And I was like, something bigger is happening here, which that led me on kind of a, a journey, as they say, down rabbit holes. And in researching what was really kind of going on, I came across the Rockefeller Institute of Medicine and the Flexner Report. And that was really, I mean, I always knew something. I just didn't know what I knew. Like, I didn't know, I couldn't figure it out. And that was the aha moment for me. And I kind of sat back and this was obviously when that job was terminated and I had a few months to kind of figure what I wanted to do with my life. I sat back and I thought, I can't go back and dispense meds. How can I walk back in with now what I know that they're synthetic, you know, medications and they're taking the natural and twisting it just enough so that they can pet in it 
but they're not really ultimately helping people 100%. I said, how can I go back in and do this? Once something's revealed to me, I have a conscious, I have integrity. I was scared. And so I looked at my husband one night and I said, I think I'm just going to go wait tables. He was like, what? He literally was like, wait, we just paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get you through pharmacy college. And now you want to go wait tables. I said, well, at least I know I'm not going to really be hurting people. Like I felt like I was really scared. Yeah. I really felt scared and powerless. And so in that moment, I, I, I did a lot of, um, I sought God, I sought answers and I went to a higher source than myself. And so I prayed and in praying one day and in feeling such fear and being overwhelmed at like, where do I go? What do I do? You know, he gets sent this message to me that why should I fear the devil? The devil should fear me and I have a mission. And so I sat up and thought, I do, I do have a mission. So now I'm like, okay what do I do? What, what's the mission? And then shortly after came the wellness company. So there was an in-between and that in-between time was when I educated myself on naturals. I, I connected with other people like yourself who left pharmacy, that part of it, and went in a natural road and said, hey, help me out here. Talk to some naturopaths. Like I just tried to unlearn and relearn ways to help people. I looked into teas, I looked into what's what I have in my yard that I can use as medicinal. You know, what can I go pick and use and really turn myself from very pharmaceutical to natural and like you say, herbalist um, in, in like a year's time, just looking into it. I don't put anything out there. It's all for me, but I'm I'm experimenting and trying this new way. And it's it's very exciting because all these things have always been around me and I never knew. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It feels like a very powerful realization. And I always say, you know, the motivation and the mission is above everything else, you know, what gives you purpose. And that's kind of the problem when you're in a career where you feel stuck and you feel like you said disempowered and you have your own values and you're kind of going against yourself. And there's that disconnect and misalignment. And that can also ultimately lead to disease, whether it's mental health or physical. And there's that whole mind-body connection that's, that's hard to say. So like you said, when somebody has a fit body, that's also affecting their mental health and vice versa. When somebody has that mindset, they can affect their body in a positive way. So it's just a cycle, right? Um, it's a feedback cycle and we get to tap into it. Once we know better, we do better, like we said. Um, so I would love for you to just kind of end and share a little bit more about your company and uh, what exactly is, is the mission and what you do and how can people find out more and get involved with it? Sure. Yeah. So the wellness company came together because we were at a point where quality care was gone and, and informed consent was gone and it was really profit over care. And so Foster Colson, our founder and chairman, he decided to say, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one to make the difference. And he brought together this team of doctors, myself included. Um, and we just started collaborating and figure out what can we do? So we have virtual care options. And in this virtual care, you can see a provider if you need medication for any, any virus, any, any condition, they will evaluate you and decide whether or not you are fit to get that medication. They will not say no based on any big pharma or big medicine agenda. Um, virtual care, we also have people coming in who just say, I wanna just get a checkup and make sure I'm good because I'm concerned that my provider um, that I've been seeing for years is a little disconnected and detached. 
So we have really amazing providers in virtual care. We have supplements at the wellness company. And these supplements are, some of them are things you've heard of before, like elderberry, CoQ10, vitamin C, vitamin D and K. But we also have our signature series, which is an array of proprietary blends that are open source. So if you do go to our website, we don't hide anything. We wanna make everything available for people to know what we're doing. Um, our number one has been our spike support. Um, I'm sure people have heard about spike proteins um, with the COVID vaccine and possible shedding. So spike support has amazing ingredients in it, dandelion root extract, black cumin seed oil, natto kinase, selenium, green tea extract, and Irish sea moss. That combination helps to inhibit and neutralize spike proteins, degrade spike proteins, um, help uh, attack fibrin clots and break those clots down. Uh, the Irish sea moss helps to rebuild any damage that's been done. Selenium actually is very good for inflammation and the green tea extract is a powerful antioxidant. So just absolutely amazing product. I can say for myself, I use it, I love it. And I really encourage people to give it a try if you're concerned. Um, plus we have immune boost, we have healthy heart, uh, we have a blood sugar formula, uh, we have a restful sleep formula, digestive enzymes, and all of these are proprietary um, for the wellness company. And more is coming soon. We are always talking and trying to figure out more ways that we can put naturals together to really help people and give them options. And then I did mention our Freedom From Pharma amazing program. If any of your viewers are saying, you know, I am concerned, I want to just uh, meet with a pharmacist and in a quiet space, not in a noisy pharmacy where I can ask some questions. Melissa and Sue are phenomenal pharmacists who really take on every patient with full heart and looking to help, you know, give um, options and recommendations for each one. Um, we have other specialty programs as well, because we want to be able to be an alternative to what, what we see in medicine right now. So we have an allergy-free program. Our allergy-free is immunotherapy sublingual drops that help raise your threshold of, of allergen. And it's amazing. People use these drops for one year and pretty much you're allergy-free. So you don't have to go to your allergist and get those painful shots and those painful tests. Um, it's an amazing program. We've had great success. Um, and reading the reviews of people that have used it in the past has just been absolutely amazing. Uh, we have things coming in the future. Um, again, more specialty programs that people would be interested in, um, I think, as, as we roll things out. So just stay tuned. You can go to our website and uh, uh, apply for our newsletter. You'll get all the updates all the time. So it's an amazing, amazing group, amazing team. Can't say enough about it. So thankful that I'm in this, in this role and, and a part of a great team. Yeah, this sounds like you're filling in that gap that we mentioned before that, yes, it's great that now a lot of the allopathic community is questioning things and, you know, becoming sort of awakened to other modalities and potential benefits. However, there's still so many providers out there that will just blanket statement like this is not safe and we'll have no idea what you're talking about when you bring up an herbal remedy. And I've faced this in my own care, like going to a provider and, you know, I can't even ask them anything because uh, they don't know what they don't know. So it's great that there are companies like yours and providers that are aware and educate on both sides. And I think that's really powerful and beneficial for the client. So um, if you have just a couple more minutes, I'd love to do a super quick rapid fire round with you. Sure. Just sure. Fun. Okay, great. So um, what would be your number one advice for somebody to improve their quality of life right now? 
get outside. <laughs> Natural sunlight and fresh air. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, number two, what's your favorite pastime or hobby or like can get you out of a funk really quick? Getting out in the woods away from any sound. So I love going on hikes. I love just being deep in the woods and just connecting with nature and creation, um, usually with my husband and my dog. Awesome. What is your favorite creative outlet? Hmm. I, I don't know what creative outlet would be probably. Okay. I'm not a good singer. I'm going to say I'm not a good singer. I don't have a good voice, but when I also need to do something and need to connect to get creative, I will listen to certain music and sing, but nobody wants to hear me sing. Love it. Yes. No judgment. You can sing yeah. in the quiet woods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only the birds here. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Jen, again, thank you so much for coming on here. And um, if you would like to close out with uh, how can people learn more and support your work? Well, thank you. Yes. Uh, to learn more about the wellness company, you can go to twc.health. Uh, you can check us out. And if you would be happy to uh, become a member, purchase product that does support us and, you know, follow us on social media. I have a lot now that I never had before. So I have uh, at Dr. J Vandewater on Twitter, at Dr. Vandewater on Telegram, and it's at Dr. Jen, the people's pharmacist on Instagram. And if you do go to our website, I'm sure all those are listed there for you as well, if you forget. Awesome. Yes, I will have the links in the show notes. And thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom and your journey and your personal story with us today. And I'm wishing you a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. God bless. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.